Yes, we're back. It's episode 42 of the Hibs Rambo. Uh, I'm Liam today. I'm joined by Sean. No one else, just Sean. Just me and, just me and you, Sean. How are you doing, mate? Are you just Liam today? Do you have a different persona for every other day? Yesterday, I uh, was somebody different, but it's, um, it's not information I would prefer to disclose at this moment in time. Yeah. No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, I've been, good. been away a while, so first pod in a good couple of weeks, so good to I'm be glad back. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. I felt that we, we kind of missed the boat a little bit on Monday, um, but we're going to record on Monday, but one, it was uh, it was my birthday, and two, uh, my missus is just about to pop with uh, with our son, so we it's it's kind of it's kind of touch and go at the moment. She could go during this podcast, but listeners, ramblers, do not worry because the podcast will finish. She'll get an Uber at the hospital, and uh, and we'll sit and finish the podcast talking about submarine and all that shit. But yeah, let's get straight into it. We've managed to get into the top six, Sean. We spoke about this a wee bit last time. Uh, oh no, you never spoke about it last time. You were on last time, were you? No, two two great episodes with me though. Well done to the boys. Cracking episodes. Thanks very much, mate. But no, um, yeah, so we got into the top six with uh, with a draw at St. Johnson. We spoke about the St. Johnson game last time. Um, but it's St. Mirren up next now that the fixtures have been released. And actually, first and foremost, what, what did you think of the of the order of the fixtures that we got? Um, I'm happy with the, the order. I think it's probably the best outcome, I think. Um, by the time we play Celtic, they'll have wrapped up the league. <clears throat> Rangers won't have anything to play for either. So you don't really want... You don't want to be playing Celtic last because obviously then you're playing them away and they've got the, the, the parade and all the nonsense that comes with that. So you don't really want to be playing the old firm in the last two fixtures just because of the quality that they have. Um, so I think having them where they are is, is good. It allows us to try and get three points on the board by beating St Mirren first, uh, put a marker down. We'll obviously talk a little bit more about what could and couldn't happen if we do, and do or do not win that later on. But um, it could set us up for another two or three must-wins against, obviously, St Mirren. And then if we win that, we'll have another must-win, another cup final against Aberdeen. So, um, and the, the, the juiciness of an Edinburgh Derby to finish above them and take their European spot off them is is, is what we want. So um, let's hope that happens. I think it's pretty exciting um, to have the the order that the, the fixtures are in. I mean, with all due respect to St Mirren, they, I mean, they are the weakest of the six teams in the top six. I mean, I, I mean that in no disrespect. Um, they earned their place in the top six and they've, they've got their own merit. I think they've played really, really well this season. But our our best chance of finishing one of those European spots meant that we needed to start off with a win. And the fact that we have got St Mirren and Hearts have got Celtic and Aberdeen have got Rangers, I think is a, is a big favour for us. I mean, it could be a big favour for St Mirren. They'll be... We're equal on points at the moment, aren't we? So... They'll be thinking the exact same thing as we are. They are in the exact same boat as us. So it's, it's uh, although it's it will probably be, I mean, on paper statistically the easiest game of the five. It's still not going to be an easy fixture because they are striving to get into Europe as well. So yeah, I, th- I think the way that the fixtures play out for the other teams as well. Yeah. Obviously, Michael Beale will be wanting a reaction 
um, against Aberdeen. Aberdeen are travelling down to Ibrox, so, you know, not the best. The record isn't very really good to, there either. No, and then obviously Celtic, can Celtic clinch the title? At Tynecastle, yeah. So they'll obviously be looking to do that. So you've got two old firm teams, or the, the old firm teams in general, that are going to be looking to, to go all, all out and, and appease their fans. So um, I think that works out quite well. And then obviously, if we do beat St Mirren, St Mirren then have hearts at home. So if we do beat St Mirren, you're then, for St Mirren to stand any chance, you then try to catch us. They're going to have to then go and beat hearts. So they're then going to have to go all out to try and beat hearts while we then play Aberdeen, which I think the, I think the two fixtures are going to, you know, say a lot about how the, the top six is going to plan out the first two round of fixtures. So. Yeah, for sure. I think it's going to be a really interesting end to the season in the top six and the bottom six, maybe even more so the bottom six. Um, but no, we're, we're only focusing on on Hibs at the moment. Uh, let's talk about starting lineups, Sean, on Saturday, sitting at home. Yep. Would you make any changes to the team that started against St. Johnson? Of course, we've got Jago back after his appeal uh, it was how how would you how would you describe that his appeal was uh, successful. That's the word. Yeah, I think I don't I, I don't I don't know the ins and outs of the appeal process. I don't know if they could have maybe just removed it altogether and then not downgraded it to a yellow. I don't know if that's even an option. I don't um, know. I think they would pr- they'll probably try to save face with the VAR and the, the referee saying that or maybe it got yeah. a, a wee bit right basically. Half right, but that uh, that starting lineup was David Marshall, Lewis Stevenson, Will Fish, Paul Hanlon, CG Ganrelli, Jimmy Jago, Ellie Yuan, Joe Newell, Jake Doyle Hayes, Chris Cadden, and Kevin Nisbet. Would you make any changes from that eleven? I mean, hearing the lineup makes me want to make a change to try and make it more attacking in some way. Um, whether that be Jago or Newell or Doyle Hayes coming out and maybe another attacker coming in. But the way that the the I know the performance wasn't the greatest at St Mirren and obviously we weren't helped with the the ten men. But I, I St have Johnston. Yes, sorry, what did I say? You said St Mirren. St Mirren. I've just That's got okay. St Mirren on my mind. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm a bit rusty. Um, yeah, with the red card, it obviously hindered us a lot. David Marshall had a really good second half, albeit he was at fault for the the first goal. Um, I would like to see us take the game to St Mirren and try and maybe get another attacker on the park. But that being said, that midfield three done really, really well against Hearts. Uh, were phenomenal against Hearts. And, you know, we were hindered, you know, in our last game as well. So it would be quite good to see them get a run of games together. I've enjoyed Cadden being further forward. I think it's freed them up a little bit as well. Um, and I think it's maybe relaxed them a little bit more in regards to the pressures that he has defensively. So... I've said for a couple of weeks now, I want Kukarevic and Nisbet on the same pitch. Whether that's a possibility or not, I don't I don't know, uh, but I would like to see it. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I mean, Kukarevic played well the last time he played against St Mirren, obviously he bagged the goal at Easter Road. He, he, did he get two or did he score one? Oh, he got one. He, one, one. he, got, he got one that was chopped off or offside. <clears throat> yeah, so he did. But um, no, I think... And I've not really got anything to base this on, but I would love to see McCurdy getting a start. I think his pace, his pace would would cause them problems. I don't think they've got an awful lot of pace uh, down in their fullback positions. But I think 
I don't know. It's it's probably the just is, a bias from me to want McCurdy. McCurdy played in the away game. That's when he got injured. So mm-hmm. and he, and he was quite direct then, and he he was causing he was causing the St Mirren backline some problems with obviously the pace that he had and getting in behind and stuff like that. Him and Eliuan were were quite good together. I've noticed that seems to be a reoccurring theme against St Mirren that in the wider areas on a bigger pitch they can't cope with that. Yeah, it does hurt them. So. I don't know if we'll stick to our 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3, whatever variation of it it'll be, or if we'll maybe go to a a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2, because we had that shape when we beat them 3-0 with Boyle and Kukarevich up top, and it worked really well. Uh, We got a lot of space in behind, and every time I seem to watch St Mirren when they're away from home, a lot of teams do seem to be able to exploit the full-back areas, because they they predominantly play with three at the back. so the but their back three is normally quite narrow, which allows us to get in behind. That's kind of how we ended up getting the goal away to St Mirren. Yeah, as there was a lot of space out wide. Henderson played into Ellie Yuan, and then obviously we got the goal. So mm-hmm. I think um, if we exploit them down down their wider areas, like I said, they're going they're, they're going to want to try and win it just as much as we are. So I think they'll be trying to get the three points and maybe not just try and not lose. And if yeah. we do that, I think I think we'll stand a real good chance of, of getting the three points. I think it's it's one of these ones that um, you know they're going to have to come and actually play football. Um, you know, compared to you know if it was just before the split and our team was kind of languishing down the bottom and they're they're just trying, like you say, not to lose. Yeah, they're going to have to come out at us because I they need it. We need it. They need the points. Uh, their last five games actually they've won two. They've drawn, uh, they've drawn one and they've lost two. They beat Hearts 2-0 at Tynecastle. Livy 3-0 at uh, Love Street. They got beat by Rangers 5-2 at Ibrox and Kelly beat them um, just before the split 2-0 at, um, at Love Street. And their draw was 1-1 against London United. A lot better than our last five games. We've won one, uh, lost three and drawn one of the last five, obviously beating Hearts. Uh, lost against Motherwell, Celtic and Dundee United and drew against St Johnson. Uh, it doesn't make for great reading. I'm not too sure how we managed to get ourselves into the top six. We struggled, that's for sure. We crawled over the line in the end, didn't we? Mm, but do you think that the the break has given us maybe a little bit of time to reset, try and get ourselves back onto the form that we saw in the middle of the season? I think so. I think we... It's annoying the, the amount of breaks that we've had, and it's been a stop-start season, and they always seem to come at kind of the wrong time. Either when we've got a bit of momentum as well. So I, I'm hoping so. Like I said, more time on on the grass for for the squad can only do us do us good, especially after the last performance as well. We are quite streaky, so to say. Um, I've seen that bandied around quite a lot, and you know it is it is correct. So, I mean, hopefully we can put our run to, together. I think in the top six, it's it's more about momentum more than anything else. You want to finish the season strong instead of start the season strong, you know, in my opinion. Do you know what I mean? If you if you look at Hearts, for example, they obviously started it strong and, and have been falling off. Um, I'm not saying we're finishing strong because we're literally crawling over the line here. But if we can, you know, pick up two, three, wins maybe and a, a draw against the old firm, that'll guarantee us a, a very, very healthy position in the league. I think, well, how many points do you think is that we need 
Do you think six is enough? The thing is, I'm I'm actually quietly concerned about St. Six as long as we beat St. Mirren. I think we need more than that because if you if you watch the old firm game at the weekend, there seemed to be a lot of Rangers players slowly started to down tools in the recent old firm games. So obviously they don't have anything to play for. Yes, I think Michael Beale will get a reaction, and yes, I understand that Michael Beale's had a pretty much impe- impeccable league record since coming in. But he's going to be, or I think he should, be trying to try things between now and the end of the season with the players that he's still going to have at the club. So they could potentially be a bit all over the place between now and the end of the season, which no could allow teams... No Kent, maybe. Yeah, exactly, which could allow teams like us or St Mirren when they play them. Um, or make a point here and there. Yeah, maybe not Aberdeen because I think, you know, he'll get a reaction this weekend and I think Rangers will beat Aberdeen regardless of how good Aberdeen have been. And then you've got Hearts and stuff like that. So they still have to play, you know, our rivals in regards to the European spots. And I, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if St Mirren went and nicked a point off both the old forum because Celtic will have not nothing to play for, but they'll have won the league and they'll be, you know, concentrating on the Scottish Cup. And I know under Anne's they're they're relentless, but I just think they might, especially against they're us. Because sort of, it's not like they're going for a an invincible season again because they've already been beaten. It wouldn't yeah. be a disaster if they, I mean, if they win against Hearts and and tie up the league, then it's not going to be a disaster if they drop points between now and the end of the season as long as they win uh, the cup final. So yeah. I think you. you you're massively right on your point. Um, I've got here down, if this is assuming we beat St Mirren, Celtic beat Hearts and Rangers beat Aberdeen, it puts us a point behind Hearts in fourth. Yeah. It puts us six behind Aberdeen. Do you think it's a little bit out of our reach to to go? Maybe we, I mean, we could nick I third. We'd need, we would need literally everything to go in our favour to finish third, which would include pretty much Aberdeen losing every single game but at the same time we can't have Aberdeen losing every single game because then that gives Hearts and St Mirren victories so you're realistically you're wanting Aberdeen to lose to the old firm and then draw the other two games (laughs) and then get beat by us so at that point they're then then still picking up two points and we would then still need to then catch them by beating we would would then need to beat at least one of the old firm as well as beating St Mirren Hearts and Aberdeen so it would be a huge ask. Um, is it possible? Yes. Is it probable? No. So um, I think fourth is obviously doable because if we do win, and you would imagine Celtic will clinch the title at the weekend, so that will take us to one. It's just a case of what happens in that Rangers-Aberdeen game, what kind of Aberdeen side are we going to get because Pataudry is a very difficult place for us to go. Um, and if they're still flying... And we are still a bit all over the place. Or if we fall, you know, if if we struggle to get a win at the weekend, it then makes next weekend even harder. So again, it goes back to my point earlier on about another must win, another cup final. So yeah, it's a difficult one really because like we've just spoke there five minutes ago about having St Mirren as the first game is is an advantage to us. But on the flip side is, and I don't want this obviously isn't a podcast about Hearts, but Hearts having Celtic as their first game. I don't know when they've got Rangers. Um, but if 
if that was us and we were in Hearts' position and we had Celtic first game and we got at least one of the old firm out of the way early, does that give you a better chance to then finish a little bit stronger? Or they, they, would you rather have the old firm at the end like I, I, personally, I personally wouldn't want the old firm at the end because they are going that they are going to be your toughest fixtures. So therefore, you know, you're not really expecting to to pick up three points anyway. That's for sure. I know Hearts play Rangers at Ibrox the same the same night. It's the midweek game on the 24th when we play Celtic. Celtic will obviously already have the title wrapped up at that point. We have the advantage of being at home. So you're then hoping at that point we can maybe even pick up a point and hope that Hearts. And Hearts lose. I lose. We'll we'll see. Um, But then at that point, Aberdeen are then playing St Mirren. So that's the beauty of the top six, where everybody's playing everybody. So you need to be on your your best game and and give 100% and be on top form just to get by in the top six. Never mind, you know, to make, you know, to to cover ground. You think, you would imagine that, you know, that the players will will be proper up for it. And be looking to drag us into fourth. I know that fifth, if Celtic win the cup, will get us a European spot. But I think, is it what, the second qualifying round of the Conference League that you get? I'm not too sure if you go into the third qualifying round or the playoff round, if you finish fourth. I think it's the same as last. I think it's the same as last year. So you would go into the the third and then the you third play off. So then you would need finish to finish fourth, yeah. Whereas, is that for the Conference League or the Europa League? Uh, conference League. The only person that would get any chance of the Europa would be whoever Hearts. finishes. Hey, sorry, not Hearts. Hearts are going to finish third. Liam, come whoever, on. Uh, whoever finishes third and if Celtic win the win the cup, yeah. I, I believe if Celtic if Celtic don't win the cup and Inverness win it, then fifth then doesn't get Europe and the spots then fall down. So then Aberdeen wouldn't get the European the guaranteed mm. stage, and it would be. Inverness that would get the guarantee. And fourth would get what fifth would get if Celtic would have got that. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense there. But um, I've got it down here. It's a it's a straight question. Does a win on Saturday guarantee us Europe? Uh, no, I don't think it guarantees us. I think we need to get more points um, against other teams. So. It's a great start. It's a great start if we, we win on we Saturday. We need to win. We definitely need to win because then if we don't win in St Mirren, are we level with St Mirren? Is that right? I'm sure we're yeah. 44 or something. Or Let me just double check right now. So, Sing a song, Sean, while I, while I look <laughs> it up. So I think if, if St Mirren do win, we're then obviously not only needing to catch them, we're then obviously still needing to beat Hearts and then you're needing to beat Aberdeen and then you're definitely needing to at least beat one of the Old Firm mm-hmm. as well as maybe pick up a draw against Old Firm to then counteract the fact that you've already lost to, yeah. to St Mirren. So uh, from third down to six, it's Aberdeen on 53, Hearts on 48, Hibs on 44, St Mirren on 44. We've got eight goals on St Mirren. I think the, the best thing possible for us is the fact that Aberdeen actually have that cushion to Hearts. So Aberdeen are realistically not sitting comfortable, but they, they pretty much know that if they just kind of continue the way that they're Hearts aren't going to chase them, considering the trajectory that Hearts are on at the moment. So I think the fact that Hearts are playing Celtic and realistically Celtic's last meaningful game only benefits us as mm. well. So, and the fact that we're they're playing the hardest team in the top six, and realistically we're playing the 
the easiest team in the top six. So it only works in our favour. The fact that they were then playing Aberdeen, who then have a cushion on hearts at that point, you're then hoping that we can maybe pick something up against Aberdeen as well. While St Mirren, if we, like I said earlier on, if we do beat St Mirren, St Mirren are then having to go to Hearts. Uh, hearts are going to St yeah. Mirren, sorry, away to St Mirren. St Mirren are predominantly really strong at home and will be pushing to, to beat Hearts. So I think it works out better, our fixtures, than, than Hearts fixtures, if I'm honest. So mm-hmm. I would rather I would rather have what we have than what, what they have. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and just to, to finish up on the St Mirren game here, the last stat that I, that I saw um, was St Mirren have given away the second most penalties this season with 11. Um, I'm not too sure if uh, if we'll manage to get a penalty on on Saturday. We actually got one of our penalties against St Mirren in the 3-0 win at Easter Road earlier in the season. We've only had four. We've scored all four of them. I wonder if uh, surely we're due a penalty against someone, or surely it feels like, someone it feels like that goal that we used to get all the penalties. Us and Rangers used to always get penalties, but I was last season, eh? When Boyle fair, just used uh, to yeah, a lot goals. of them were were down to maybe Martin Boyle's pace and behind and getting brought down and stuff like that. So um, yeah, without him, we've we've obviously can you know yeah. one less penalties. Well, here's hoping if you're listening, Mister Referee, uh, for Saturday. You can give us a penalty if you want. We we wouldn't mind it. Uh, Sean, your prediction. I know Craig would be unhappy that we're doing predictions on a what match day minus three four. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go three one Hibernian. I think it'll be a cracker. I think it'll be a really really good game, and I'm gonna go three two Hibs. Mm. I think Hibs will edge it, and I think it'll be a really really good game. I'm hoping we're gonna get a top six like the top six we had under Neil Lennon when we had McGinn oh, and McGeoch yeah. and Allen and stuff. So I'm, I'm just hoping for a few good games and a few wins and lots of goals and uh, some Harry McCurdy celebrations. <laughs> That's what I want. You might That's get one really eventually. Want. You might get one eventually. Maybe when he's signed for Hartlepool or whoever he's going to play for next. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, a wee change of pace, Sean. There's been a couple of transfer rumours flying about. Uh, social media the last few days. Uh, I've got three here. One that I saw this morning. Um, it was uh, an article from The Sun uh, that was posted on Twitter last night. And it was the fact that we are apparently close to bringing in Eli Yuan on a permanent deal. Now, we know that there's a buy clause there. I'm not too sure how how much truth is actually in this. But I think everyone throughout the season, as Eli Yuan has then hit that kind of form, we've known that there was going to that there was a buy clause, and that the chance of us picking him up on a permanent deal was pretty high. Would you be happy with that? Yeah, um, I was. Unlike other people, I was actually quite happy with what Eli Yuan was contributing to the team at the beginning of the season. I feel like I could understand and. and get why people were annoyed because his output wasn't that great prior to him hitting form but you could see that there was some real quality in there he just needed a, a couple of breaks and I'm happy he's managed to get them and, and go on the form that he went on I know he's came a bit off the boil in the last couple of games but I think it makes sense I don't think the the amount that has been getting bandied around in the last four or five months is anywhere near as high as 
it's what it what it actually is. So listen, I don't think Hibs are the type of club that would agree a buyout clause that they weren't going to follow through on if they feel like they're not able to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't see Hibs agreeing a 800, 700 grand, you know, buy buyout if clause they're if, so. if they're not happy with either the player or if they're not happy to be able to fork it out. I don't think it's as high as that anyway. Um, so yeah, I think I think we're comfortable. I think we will probably go through with it. My concern is very similar to the Canberra situation when we followed through on that. He went off the boil slowly but surely. Although he was obviously very good for us at the the beginning of his his, his period at Hibs, I'm hoping that's not the same way you end. But that's that's just my general fear with any loan that gets made permanent. Yeah, I think it's a it's a good idea in terms of he knows the club he's already been here a year if you let him well not let him go but don't pull the trigger on the buy clause and then we need to get in someone else it's notoriously difficult to get players who are skillful pacey can score goals uh, consistently for you know for peanuts basically so I would be very happy to see him come back next season on a permanent deal. I think a lot of Hibs fans probably would. It doesn't mean that I don't think that we that we don't need more additions. I still think we need more additions. We need to kind of clear out, I, I would say Deadwood, but I don't really think there's an awful lot of Deadwood at, at Hibs at the moment, to be honest with you. I think we, we got rid of a lot of it uh, in the summer and, and, uh, and in January. I think we just kind of need to be a little bit more strategic, maybe, yeah. with our with our recruitment. I think Elian is a great start, to be honest. Uh, and you know, whoever goes in the summer, uh, you know, be it Nisbet, be it Boyle, or or whoever, Joe Newell, maybe we need to be ready to to bring in players. So I would imagine that they've already got you know a very long list of players that could fill in in each position that we could we could get in but I, I don't know I don't know I'm talking shit now I'm waffling I'm rambling I like I, I, I like to think that although the recruitment area of the the club at the moment is maybe going through a bit of a change I would still like to think that we've been planning in advance I do fully believe that you should always be at least one window ahead of yourself preparing for you know two windows ahead just in case when you're talking about players that could leave contract situations people's contract that maybe coming to an end at other clubs so hopefully I think it's a lot easier to plan for a summer window than a january window yeah, though mind you yeah of course i think a lot of it will depend on where we finish as well depending on uh, will then depend on the the caliber of player that we're able to bring in especially yeah. if we've got europe um my concern is again. I still want quality over quantity. Realistically, if we finish in fourth or fifth, it's a big ask to then still get to the European group stage football. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want us to be going all out. We'll just look at Hearts this season, eh? Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't want us. But the thing is, they had guaranteed group stage football, so they needed to get a bigger squad. I wouldn't want us to go out and get a bigger squad for the sake of getting one, and then we get knocked out in the second, like our second round or something like that. Do you know what I, I mean? don't think that Hearts strengthened enough when it came to that. I don't think they got enough I don't bodies think in. Enough because it, it took, I think they got enough bodies, but I don't think the quality was it there. took a toll on their league form at the start of the season, if you remember. And, and once, they, once they got knocked out of Europe, 
their form started to pick up again. And I know it's kind of they're on a, a little bit of a downward slide at the moment. And obviously that's got to do with Robbie Nielsen and, and all that leaving and the, the unrest at, at Tynecastle at the moment. But, you know, it's a, it's a difficult one to kind of strike that balance and strike it right. We might be bringing in a little bit of quality, though. A player that's been linked with us now for, well, this will be the second window, uh, Johnny Williams from Swindon. I was shocked to realise that he was only 29. It seems like he's been about for decades. I feel like he was 29 when he played in the Euros like in 2016 or whatever <laughs> it was for, for Wales. I think he's maybe looked 29 since he was about 19, maybe. Uh, I'm not too sure. Bad paper and like... Yeah, uh, if you don't know anything about Johnny Williams, he's currently at Swindon. He's a central midfielder, Welsh international. Like Sean says, he's played at the Euros in 2016. Uh, his other clubs are uh, will contain Palace, Forest, Sunderland, Cardiff, uh, among some others. He's played a few games in the Premiership. He's played most of his trade in the Championship, though, mind you. Um, until recently, his injury record hasn't been very good. Uh, but last season, he, he's, he made 40 appearances. And this season already, he's made 35 appearances. So he's probably due an injury at some point in the not-too-distant future. The first but, round of Europa League qualifier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Johnny Williams is a player that, like I said before, feels like he's been around for ages. He's always... I remember him at Palace and having that kind of... that ability to kind of unlock unlock defences and pick a really good pass um, I think it would be I know he's in League 2 with Swindon at the moment but if we could get him before he's 30 I would see that as a bit of a coup for us I think I think it would be a, I think it would be a great uh, a great buy I was obviously a bit sceptical when we were close to buying him in in January um, not from his quality perspective just more so about his background but then obviously um when you look at how many games he has actually played in the last two years, you're hoping that that maybe injury record is, is behind him. Uh, he might also bring out the best in your man, Harry McCurdy, as well. So um, he does. Johnny Williams gets spoke about in high regard by anyone that's that's played and, and trained with him. Um, I remember watching a Wales documentary to do with them, the Euros and the World Cup and stuff, and everyone talks about, about you know players like Johnny Williams, not necessarily their playing ability, but the personality that they have as well. And I know Lee Johnson and Ben Kensler are quite big on getting the personality right in the squad as well as, as the quality. So I think he'd be a great addition to, to the club and I think he would do really well in the SPFL. I think what I've, I've got down Sunderland here, was Lee Johnson, did Lee Johnson have him at Sunderland when he was there? I don't know if they were there at the same time. I feel like he was at Sunderland a while ago, but I, yeah. I, I could be wrong. I, I know, you know Lee Johnson was technically there a while ago as well. So Yeah. But no, listen, I think I think it would be a good addition. Um, I thought it would have been a good addition in January. Um, maybe not now that Jake Doyle-Hayes is back and stuff. Maybe there would have been a little bit of an overload in that midfield area. So it leads me to my next question is that if we get Johnny Williams in, do, do we need to see some players leaving? Well, I think if Johnny Williams comes in, Jago's got a year left on his deal because he only signed an 18-month deal. You've then got Joe Newell and you've got Doyle Hayes who doesn't want to leave Hibs. That's why he didn't leave in January. So one of them, at least one of them, maybe even two, would, would need to need to go because you're not going to keep four four of them happy when realistically only two of them is going to play because... Yeah, and Josh Campbell as well. 
Yeah, well, the third position would be played by someone of a, an attacking force like like ja, uh, Josh Campbell, if we don't bring in another kind of 10 type of player or creative midfielder. So it'll be hard to keep all four of them or five of them, if you include Josh, happy as well as any others. I also wouldn't want Johnny just to be the only one that comes in because I do feel like we would need it. I feel like we need an explosive, creative midfielder mm-hmm. in there as well, especially if we're looking to push for third next season or even if we are in Europe. Absolutely. No, I think, like with LU, and it's, it's, a, it's a good idea on paper. All, these ideas always seem like good ideas. Eh? They don't always work out like that, but... If I was if I was to say, listen, let's let's go and get Johnny Williams, I would, you know, put not all my mortgage, maybe three quarters of my mortgage on him being a half a half decent addition for Hibs. I think if anyone else in the league signs him, you go, oh, that's actually that's a decent sign in that, without even seeing him playing a game. Uh, it's a kind of signing I feel like we've been missing out on. Whereas the likes of Aberdeen and Hearts have maybe went and I know. Robert Snodgrass hasn't worked out for Hearts, but when he first joined, he was flying for them. And well, I think everyone thought when if you look at like Graham Shinney, like that's the type of player, experienced head that comes in. You're like, yeah. all right, okay, like he'll do a good job for them. I think when Snodgrass signed for Hearts, we all kind of took a step back and went, "That's a that is a really good signing." Yeah, and we were. I think at the time, I speak for myself, but I was fairly jealous. I, I wanted him to say Snodgrass. I thought he was he would have been a, a perfect addition to us. Obviously, now in hindsight, wasn't a wasn't a great addition for Hearts. Probably would have been exactly the same for Hibs. Maybe we should get him in now. <laughs> get him in now, and then you know, I don't know. I, I, yeah, we sign him now. Play him at Tynecastle last game of the season. We get a penalty. He takes it. Tap Misses off. It. Tap off in the Roseburn. Agent Snoddy, you can return to East Mains. <laughs> that puts Hearts down to six and puts us into fourth. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Uh, and finally, uh, a name that's been ba- banded about um, a couple of times in the last week or so is Jay Edzies. I'm not too sure if I pronounced that. Pr- pronounced it? I'm all over the gaff today, Sean. Excuse me. I was going to say you're Jew. You're no Jew. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> Some people might I, say I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't say I'm Jew. Megan actually said to me before I came on, she went, oh, Jank, you'll have the bear on the podcast. Uh, when he's born, and I'll go. Well, if he wants, I suppose. I'll go, we'll have two. I'll have one on each. One on each hip. You know what I mean? Yes, breastfeed him well on the pod. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think anyone wants to see me breastfeed the babies. I don't know. Sure. Maybe, maybe there's a reason why we get so someone many, would pay for that. Surely. So many people watching on YouTube, particularly just to watch that. There'll be someone <laughs> out there. Surely, if if a if a, a overweight man, a overweight hairy man breastfeeding. Two infants is what you're into then. You know, There's a category for that somewhere. Give me a shout on Twitter. I'll uh, I'll get back to you and we can we can talk now. And only fans. So yeah, Jay Edzies, a 22 year old Dutch centre half, currently plays with Go Ahead Eagles in the Eredivisie. That's the one in Netherlands. <clears throat> According to transfer market, his market value is six hundred thousand um, pounds. He has been in the Eredivisie since 2021. He's made 49 appearances um, amassing just over... No, sorry. He's made 49 appearances in the Eredivisie since 2021. He's made 28 this season amassing over 2,500 minutes. Aberdeen are also 
looking sure. at him. I don't know if it's Aberdeen are interested, so Hibs are interested, or Hibs are interested, so Aberdeen are interested. Yeah. I think it would probably be the other way around now because they're, they're above us, so you know anyone that they're going for. Uh, uh, definitely no coming to us then, so congratulations Aberdeen on signing, signing him. <laughs> um, but let, let's talk about him as if he's coming to Hibs. Would he be a replacement for Fish and Hanlon? I think he would be... I would like to think that we'll maybe try and pull the trigger on the on the fish deal. I think if it's doable, similar to the early Yuan, I don't think Hibs would would put something in place if there is something there. I didn't know if, that we had a buy clause on. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there is, and I don't know. But what I'm saying is, I don't feel like the loans that Hibs have, have been trying to do this season. I don't feel like they're getting loans for the sake of getting loans. Do you know? Other than like your your third choice goalkeeper, like you know, if we get a loan and they're starting most weeks, I feel like. You need to have that very similar, very similar to Kukarevic. I feel like there's a reason behind it. So with Kukarevic is building, you know, building a rapport with the city group and you know getting connections with them. I feel like we will fish. I think if we can prove that we can develop a player like that, they might give us some again for another loan or maybe potential to buy with sell on clauses. Ellie Yuan's obviously got a buyout clause. It looks like we'll pull the trigger on that. So I would like to think that if we can try and and get Will Fish for another year. Um, at least, or even on a permanent, if that's even doable, which I don't know, we would maybe try and do that. So if, if we did bring in Jay, then I do feel like it would be alongside, you know, Fish and Hanlon. Hanlon will, will slowly start to phase out in the next couple of years. I know some people have been wanting that to happen for maybe the last 10 years. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel like I can't remember who we were, we were speaking to or who I was speaking to, but I feel like they, they mentioned about Paul Hanlon, obviously, coming towards the end in the next couple of years. So, realistically, you're wanting to try and get that replacement in now. So, you've got someone like Paul Hanlon there as a, as a I don't want to say inspiration, because who's Paul Hanlon inspiring? But um, No, but like, like as how, Lewis Stevenson was, how Lewis Stevenson was meant to be deployed correct. this yeah, season. Correct. You can understand that's, that's the plan. I mean, any player that's reaching their mid-30s, I think you need to have a plan, especially if they're, they're players that you're not going to get rid of, you're not going to sell them or, or put them out to another team. You need to have a plan in place for bringing someone in to, to slot it in. And I think the sooner you do that, the better, because as we've seen you know, when Josh Joy left and we brought in Chibraya, obviously Chibraya's not set the header on fire as you know we'd kind of hoped so he's he's having to now take a a wee back seat in the sidelines and Lewis Stevenson's having to come in so you don't want that to to happen in every position that you're trying to fill you know what I mean you want to kind of ease the player in and make sure that they're ready to then crack on but you know you need to remember that we've still got Rocky Bushiri to come back Next season, um, you know, we've got Mikey Devlin who can play in there, um, who might get a contract until, you know, I can't see it, but yeah. he, might, he might get an extended deal. But this Jay Idzies, I'd never heard of him before until um, until I seen the, the article linking us to him. 600,000, I said, do you think that's a waste of money for a 22-year-old with fewer than 50 top flight appearances? Or is it just the way that football's going at the moment? I think it's the way that football is going at the moment. I'm trying to find 
something. Um, how, so my question to you would be, it worked for, well, not really a question, Duke at Aberdeen. Yeah. Well, it's not worked for Tavares at Hibs. Exactly, but uh, we didn't pay 600 grand for Tavares, did we? So, whereas... How much did Aberdeen pay for Duke? Apparently, if rumours are to believe, about 600 grand, which is, really? why we, which is why we didn't pay it. Uh, it was either 600 he, or 800. Was he meant to be heard. coming to us like? For Duke. Uh, well, we pulled the trigger on Tavares instead. So, um, 600 grand is, is what I've heard Aberdeen paid for Duke. And he had only played for Benfica B. And again, still that still wasn't over 50, 50 appearances for the B team, never mind the first team. So, uh, no, I don't think it's, it's worth pulling the trigger 600 grand for a 22-year-old with less than 50 appearances. Um, but I guess, it, to contradict myself, I guess it depends on the talent and it depends on on how good that they are potentially going to be. Um, obviously, Duke is, is, is flying. They'll no doubt sell him or potentially sell him in the summer and get a good fee for him. So it can work either way, whereas we've paid quite a bit of money for let's say Melkerson, for example, not as much as 600 grand, but, and it's not quite worked out at the moment. Obviously, I hope that it does work out for him, but it just goes to show that it comes down to the quality of the recruitment, not necessarily as mm-hmm. as much emphasis on the quality of the player because you want to be bringing the best player possible. Absolutely. If your recruitment is good enough, the player will already be of a good enough standard where it would you could justify paying something like that. Yeah. Absolutely, you're, you're, you're spot on. Um, Eredivisie as well, I feel like, is same or similar kind of physicality to the Scottish game. I think sometimes when you bring in these players from abroad, they struggle to adapt to you know the way that the game's played over here. I think the Eredivisie is a, a similar-ish league. The guy, he looks like a big fella, this Jay Edzies, so he would uh, he'd maybe be able to compete with you know big fuckers like Curtis Main or... Kevin Van Veen, whoever he's going to be playing up against. Um, <clears throat> listen, I think we we need to we need to strengthen in that position on park. I think it's probably uh, <clears throat> an area that Hibs are definitely looking at. Whether this is bullshit or not, I mean, you just don't really know. But it's nice to have a wee rumor uh, going about. I think, I think we're taking. I think we're. T- I think we're taking steps to recruit in the right areas. I think that was clear <clears throat> with bringing Will Fish in in the first place and then getting Jago in the summer. For years, we've been calling out for a Jago type in midfield and yeah. a, a Will Fish type at centre half. We've brought them in. Yes, they've been ropey at times, and their form hasn't been great at times, but they have had very, very good performances as well. So, I think it, from a recruitment perspective, it's there maybe stepping stone signings to maybe get us to where we need to be, and then we can pull the trigger on a better quality player on a permanent deal as well. If we use Will yeah. Fish for example, so. Um, it's clear that the the recruitment maybe hasn't been as bad as people have, have made it out to be. And yeah. as long as we continue to make strides in the right direction, we're clearly identifying the right areas. It's just a, a case of getting the right player. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's wrap it up uh, with our listener questions. Now it's time to enter the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Okay, Sean, we have got just a few questions this week because um, we kind of decided last minute that we were doing this today. So uh, we apologise to everyone who 
usually sends in a question, we've not been able to, <laughs> if, we, if you've not been able to send one in in time, but um, we will answer in great detail the questions that we've been sent. First up is John, he asks, of course, what is for dinner and your thoughts on the new Hibs First membership? Um, I will either be having, this is completely too end of end the scale here, I'll either be having salmon and rice for dinner in some form of veg somewhere in there. Sushi? Is, oh, is, is, it, is it going to be a sushi style or is, are you going to cook it? Uh, Chloe will be, will be in the kitchen making it. So she's a, is she going to cook it? She's a, belter, <laughs> she's a belter in the kitchen. So I'll uh-huh. leave it to her. Um, or on the other end of the scale, if it's maybe me that gets left to, to make it, it'll probably be burgers and chips. <laughs> so so you try you try to tell me that every time you, you come on here and you say that you're having this elaborate uh, fancy dinner, that it's not actually you that's cooking, it's actually Chloe. I hardly ever cook. Really? Yeah, Can hardly. You, are you not very good at cooking? Um, I'm not as good as I'm not as good as her. I can Just I can I can whip up a good dish on certain things, but if I wanted a if I wanted a higher quality meal, it wouldn't be myself. You would ask Chloe to. Yeah. Is what does does she is she like a chef for a living or what does she do? <laughs> Not a chance. She's just decent. She's just decent in the kitchen. So. And to be fair, I'm actually getting a wee bit better in the kitchen as well, but um, I don't know what I'm having for dinner tonight. Are like you still living on, on takeaways? Basically, aye. Oh, well, yeah. last night we had uh, we had my mum and dad up and we got a pizza hut because pizza hut is superior to Domino's. Uh-huh. And Megan, because it was my birthday on Monday, my mum and dad came up yesterday um, and we were like, oh, well, we'll all just get a takeaway. And I was like, oh, fine. I said to Megan, I was like, oh, Ken, what a fancy a pizza hut. And she went, oh, fucking, how are you not getting a Domino's? I went, well, pizza hut's actually... It's actually better, Megan. And, uh, and she was going, no, it's not, it's no, no, it's no. And then after she'd heard it, she went, Kim, well, that was actually really nice, eh? I was like, I tell you. <laughs> that was better. I tell you. I think Pizza Hut's one of these ones that you have it once in a while and you're like, oh, I should have that more often. Yeah. But you don't. Same with KFC. I'm, I'm like that with KFC as well. But I don't know what I'm going to have for my tea tonight. Uh, I don't actually know what's in the fridge. Um... I would imagine that we need to go and pick some stuff up, but we'll, we have been kind of smashing the takeaways recently. There's a really good chippy up my way in Lonehead called Mario's. It does an absolute banging pakora pizza. And oh my God, it's so good. It's unreal. Yeah, and I, I have tomorrow. I can have pizza two days in a row, so. I can't have pizza two days in a row, but I could also just get a mixed kebab. Yeah, that's even better for you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll come around to yours and get some burgers or salmon. I'm not I too do. sure. Depends on what we're having. I'll let you know what we're having first. All oh, right. Well, I'll let you know what time we'll be up. If it's bur- if it's burgers, then I uh, feel free. <laughs> I know you'd rather a burger than salmon. Uh, I I like a bit of salmon, you know. I like a bit of smoked salmon. Smoked salmon. It needs to be cooked though, like not raw, not ah, like obviously. Aye. With a bit of teriyaki sauce. Oh, now you're talking. Again, what was good with a, with a bit of salmon is a baked tatty as well. Oh really? Hmm. Uh, my mum used to do that when, when I lived at my mum's. She used to put on salmon and a baked tatty, some teriyaki sauce. Stupendous. Brilliant. Right, on to John's next part of the question, the Hibs First membership. So I believe he's talking about the £50 buy-in. And it's not like 
it's not the exact same as an away season ticket, but it's a similar kind of premise where you get um, first priority on, you know, Celtic Rangers and Hearts games away. And I think is it, but my, my question is that a guarantee obligation to get those tickets? Or... No, I think it's a fifty pound buy in. But instead of like how it is with the away season ticket, where you've got a payment run and it comes it comes out for each game, regardless of if you're going or not, I think you just get the priority and you're able to choose. But it's then a fifty quid buy-in. I think it's actually a good idea. I think I it's a, a don't great have idea. Any issues? I'll probably be moaning about it next season. Can kind of get a ticket? Yeah, kind of get a ticket with tiny. But um, I don't see an issue with it at the moment. I will no doubt change my mind when I can't get into can't get to think. No, but hang on, has nobody complained about the away season ticket? So no, I know that that was going to be my point. The fact that if it, if if you're not going to get it, just don't get it. You don't need to moan about it. There's obviously an avenue for the club to to put it out there, and there's obviously a market available for people where they're going to purchase it. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no obligation to get every single ticket and you can buy in and then it just gives you priority to certain games. Well, it gives you priority to all the games, but you don't need to buy all the tickets is what I'm saying. Then, yeah, I don't I don't see what the issue is. I don't know if it's capped. Or I think it is capped at the same um, at the same capacity that the away season ticket is. I think that's maybe about 200, 250. Right. Something so, like that. again, I don't, I don't see an issue with it. Will there be 200 people that will sign up to it? Yes, there will be. So... Get involved if you if you want it, and if you don't, shut your mouth. <laughs> fair dues, mate. Fair dues. Uh, next up is Gav, uh, and he says, "If we win on Saturday, is that Europe guaranteed? And who are your top targets for the summer? And can only be from the Premiership." Um. Well, no, I don't think I win against Saint Mirren. I'll completely guarantee a shoot up because I do feel like Saint Mirren. I'll, I'll come up with a surprise. Um, as for the th- see the thing is right I'm not going to give you a, a, a someone in the Premiership to sign because I don't feel like it happens that often where one club in the Premiership other than Celtic and Rangers will fork out a, a heavy fee for someone at another club or Aberdeen will buy someone for Motherwell yeah, or something I can't like. see there being many top quality players available that are out of contract that will stay in the league if they're out of contract that's not the question Sean no I know but I'm I'm just providing an answer so if there's top quality players that are out of contract that are in the league at the moment there's a reason why they're out of contract and not agreed with a Hibs or a Hearts or an Aberdeen probably because they're looking to go down south and get more money and I can't see Hibs forking out two, three, four, five, six hundred grand for someone that plays for St Mirren or Dundee United or Motherwell I'd take it's Mark like, O'Hara. I would take I would take him. Um I would also probably take Jamie McGrath from Dundee United as well. But Ken, who else I'd like? I wouldn't mind that boy. <clears throat> uh, he scored at the weekend actually against Rangers. Jota. I'd like him. Wouldn't I, mind I, think, him. I think we could maybe I think we could maybe get a wee deal for him done, you know. Or Greg Taylor. Ken what? Let's be a wee bit more realistic. Let's get Greg Taylor in <laughs> in the door. Ah, yeah, it's really realistic. I agree. I think that yeah, yeah, Morelos is is out of contract in the summer. So is Ryan Ken. I think that would look good on our bench. Imagine Morelos signing for Hibs. Imagine Morelos and Porteous in the same team. I'd I'd piss myself. 
But they'll always wait and see for a while. You just know for a fact they would actually be best mates, eh? They would, <laughs> they would, you just wouldn't be one of those partnerships, eh? It would be brilliant. <laughs> Buffalo and a Porto. <laughs> uh, yeah. Top targets for the summer, I think. It's, it's, a, it's difficult to say, really, because a club like Hibs doesn't have the buying power to go out and get whoever we want. Um, so it's, it's a difficult one to say. But if if any of the listeners have got any top targets, let us know. Um, tweet us and let us know who your top targets are. It's not Next Van up, Veen. Eh? It's not Van Veen. It's not Van Veen because he's away to Aberdeen, isn't he? To be fair, that's... I, I'm quite happy with Van Veen going to Aberdeen because it sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know how much it would cost, but... I, I think I, Van I, Veen I, is I one of these it, ones that shines at a Motherwell, a St Mirren, a Kelly, Ross County, someone like that. But as soon as they make the step up to... Aberdeen Hibs Hearts. Uh, it's not it's I not think. as easy to sit and say, oh, he scored 22 goals for Motherwell. If you chuck him in that Celtic team, he gets twice as many chances who's going to score fucking 50 goals. Like, it just doesn't work like that. So, it's not Erling Haaland. Let's, I, let's I, I, think, I think he'll flop, if I'm honest. He's having a great season, fair play to the boy. He's doing brilliant in a, in a poor, an overall poor, poorer side in the league. But that happens every two or three seasons. And then... Yeah. How consistent does that ever, you know, those players are never consistent. Yeah, exactly. File under Michael Higdon, Michael Anton Curry, players like that. Cult heroes is what you're saying. Kenny Duca. Oh, what a player. <laughs> players like that. Um, yeah, so Callum Neal's up next and he says, how important would a win on Saturday be going into the quote-unquote bigger games of the season? I do think it's a, a must-win, like we said earlier on. I think it'll set us up really well for the Aberdeen game. We don't want to be going into the Aberdeen game. Yes, we need to win the Aberdeen game as well, I feel, but we don't want to be going into the Aberdeen needing to win it. And we want to try and keep it in our hands as best as we can by winning the games that we have in front of us. And that obviously starts on, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I concur, Sean. I completely concur. Um, Jack Hibbs asks, with two wins out of the five secure Europe, and how big of a transfer window will Hibs need as the loanees will be returning to their clubs? I think two wins if they're against St Mirren and Hearts would probably do us as long as Celtic win a cup. Yeah, I think I feel inclined to agree with that, although um it just depends on how the old firm play against the other sides as well. I do think we're maybe going to need maybe seven points. Not to guarantee European football because fifth will guarantee if Celtic win it. You know, and I, I think two wins would do that, but I, I, want to, I want to get fourth. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I want to get to that extra round because if we get to that extra round, we're already one step closer to group stage football and I, I, and I just... I would we're want, not going to get either way, Sean. Let's, let's not well, that's, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I would want to get as close to that as possible. So... Listen, I we're, we're not about negativity here on the Ramble, we're all about the positivity. But, uh, you know, our, our recent uh, record in Europe suggests that we won't really get past. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know, though. You never know. Let's uh, let's keep the faith. And finally, we've got a question from Billy Sterling, and he asks... Hold on, let me find it, let me find it, let me find it. 
He says, what would you do if your child said they wanted to support another team? Genuinely, a fear of mine. Now, Billy's got uh, twins. Right. And they are maybe around the same age as Myla, Maui girl, um, about just, just over one, I think. I think they're maybe one and a half. One and a half. Maybe Billy, if I'm wrong, let me know. But I think if if either my son or my daughter came to me and said, listen, I want to support a different team, then I, we've got a, like a, a wee black storage box in the garden that we keep stuff in. So I would say we can go and sleep in there until you until come out of this phase. <laughs> That's, that would be... I think in all seriousness, if they can do any sport they want, but if they want to support a team that's not Hibs, then they'll no, they'll, I'll no take them to the football. Like, I'm not taking them. They, to can, go, they can go their eye. They can make their own way there and stuff. I'm I'm no think, I think I would... Celtic or no taking them to go and watch Rangers. So the, if they the want to watch football, they'll be going Easter Road. The benefit I personally would have is that my family and, and close family are just all hibs, there isn't anyone else, there's no hearts, there's no Celtic, there's no Rangers, anything That's like, like that. us as well. But I understand that like there's there's mates of mines or that have either had kids or are yet to have kids where they're maybe Hibs fans and their partner's family, maybe not them, but their partner's family are maybe, you know, Celtic fans, for example. So I can understand when you're competing with Hibs and Celtic, you didn't really stand a chance. Um, for me, I'd, I'd, I'm a firm believer if the dad's involved in the family um, and there's no family politics or anything, then you should you should be trying to support who your dad supports, uh, regardless of local area, so to speak. Is that that's a that's a take, Sean? You should. So is that is that your opinion? Then you need to support who your dad supports. Well, if I if I if I moved up north, right, or mm-hmm. if I moved up north and I was in Inverness, I would bring my kid up to be a hip supporter. I wouldn't expect them to support Inverness. Yeah, we could go along to Inverness games and stuff like that because, you know, it's just a local bit of football. But if I... If That's I a big up, shout, to be if honest. I, if I moved away, which you know, I would I, I would love to live somewhere else in the country, personally, if that was to happen and I had kids, I wouldn't be bringing my kid up to be a Sterling supporter, like a Sterling Uni supporter. Oh, or like, let's, or let's take supporter. a look at in terms of if you didn't support football and then you went up to Inverness. Yeah. You didn't support football, but like you didn't have a football team, but you didn't mind and you kind of knew about it and you moved yeah. up to Inverness and you had a child and they said that they wanted to support Celtic or they wanted to support Rangers. That, that, that's a, Would that's you be a, saying... No that's, a diff- that's a diff- no, that's a different conversation. If, if football is not involved in my life and I was not a football supporter or I didn't have a dedicated team myself then I would be expecting my child to support the team where they've grew up. But because I'm heavily, uh, you know, heavily not involved in football, but a, a big supporter of football, I'd, I'm a firm, but that's why that's what I'm saying. If the dad is involved in football or has a team already and is involved in the child's life and the upbringing of said child, yeah, and they are, they don't necessarily need to be, you know, with the mother because... Shout out to all the single parents out there, like they can do what they want. I know this is, <laughs> you're like yeah. But my point, my point being that if the dad's involved, then they should support who the dad supports. Right. And I would well, like, and I would hopefully. like to think that that the dad is supporting a team that 
is either part of their family allegiance or part of their local side. Right. We got there in the end, eh? You made it. You made it more complicated by trying to pretend I don't like football. <laughs> because if I don't like football, I'd be expecting my son or daughter to like what you like, local side, or like what you like, like netball or something, Pokemon or whatever you like. I do not like netball. <laughs> I'd just like to go on record and confirm that I am not a netball supporter. However, if you do like netball and you do support a netball team, great. The netball ramble. Netball ramble. Let's get it going. I'm oh, no. I think yeah, Billy's a wee bit um, Billy's a wee bit concerned because he's originally from up north. Billy, I can't remember exactly where you're from, but I think he's got a lot of his wife's family are from Dundee, and right. I think some of his wife wife's family have bought the twins some Dundee stuff or Dundee United stuff. I can't remember, so I think that's maybe. He's saying it as a joke, but maybe there's a, a wee bit of uh, seriousness behind we've it. Took, we've definitely taken the answer seriously as well. Yeah, so well, I mean, that helps Billy, all you need to do is then show show the missus this section of the Hibs Ramble and get her to show the family or your family, whoever it is, that's buying your parents uh, stuff that's not Hibs. And, uh, listen, However, that, that being said, just to it. add fuel to my point, it doesn't necessarily need to be the dad that is, you know, the main person involved in football. Do you know what I mean? Because there are loads of families out there, but I know where the fucking hell, involved in football. So um, this is meant to be a quick pod as well. Just, you told me to elaborate on the answers to other <laughs> questions, so that is what I'm doing. But no, you're just trying to cover your back so that no one comes after you. If either, or, if either of the parents are heavily supporting of a football team, that's who the child should be. Supporting, um, or the but what if what if right? And I'm going to open another. You, you're having here. a go at me, and you, you're adding. Right, you a, you and Chloe have a have a baby, right? Right. And let's say for the point of argument, I know Chloe's a Hibs fan, but let's say for the point of argument, Chloe is a Hearts fan, right? right. And go and has got a season ticket. At Hearts goes every week. And and all our family are Hearts fans. And I'm sorry, Chloe's family, if you're listening to this. I know you're not Hearts fans, but I'm I just tell, saying. I tell you what, you don't need to be worried about. In fact, yeah, no, you do. Her mum and dad will come for you if you're insinuating that they, in any universe, are supporting the Hearts. <laughs> this is a, hypothetical, like is a hypothetical universe. Uh, so say that, that you're all Hibs and Chloe's family's all Hearts and season ticket die hard and stuff. Who, who does the child support? I'm involved with the child's upbringing, so therefore... I know, but if... if I don't even want to say Chloe anymore because I don't want to get myself in trouble. If, if uh, said both parents are season ticket holders and go every week home and away to two different teams, who does the child support? I think it then comes down to, to the child. Basketball. They're all, they're all Basketball. <laughs> Rugby. <laughs> Cricket. Be a, uh, well, listen, I think we should cut this short because we could be here for now. We're getting involved in family politics. We're hypothetical family politics here. So we we, we we certainly do not envy your situation, uh, Billy, and, and we hope you get it resolved soon. <laughs> if you think about it, the child will have less pain and misery if they support Hibs rather than a Dundee side. Yeah, that's true. And also, if it comes to blows, then you can use your brand new Hibs Ramble mug that you won in our giveaway to smack someone over the head. 
Simple as. We don't condone the violence, but if you, you want to use a Rambo mug. This lovely one here, you can... And then you can DM us and we'll, Liam will tell you where, you where he bought them and then you can buy another one and pretend like it never happened. Absolutely. Sounds good to me. I think I think we should end here, Sean, before we say anything to offend Before anyone. you add any, any more hypothetical stories to this question. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. Right, okay then. No worries. Listen, thank you to everyone for listening uh, to this, what was meant to be a shorter episode of the Hibs Ramble, but it's ended up being a longer episode of the Hibs Ramble because Sean just keeps talking. Um, Nothing to do with Liam trying to bring out hypothetical situations to do with parenting and family <laughs> politics. Well, yeah, I'll I'll let everyone know um, what team my parents grew up to support as well. So. And, if, and if anything that was discussed on today's Ramble podcast has affected you, please do not reach out to the Ramble. <laughs> <laughs> We're so sorry. We're so sorry. But yeah, listen, thanks very much for listening and uh, we'll catch you after the St. Manning game. Bye-bye. Yes. Yeah, was-